Welcome to the Storyform podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello, I'm Holly Packiam, and I'm joined as usual by Jamie Showmaker. Hi, Holly. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, this is something we've been kind of navigating for a while, but I've been sort of thinking about and um, trying to figure out how to take some action with my son. Um, my seven-year-old son ha- doesn't have any particular allergies that are showing up, but just a lot of food sensitivities to mm-hmm. mostly everything it feels like, oh. but to gluten, to dairy, nuts, sugar, anything processed. So basically, he's eating like a Whole30 diet. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's, you know, in some ways you think, well, it's, it's, I've been on that journey in some different ways with some stomach issues over the years, but not quite as I've had to do all the things that we've had to do for him. But um, mm-hmm. so if we keep him on um, this very specific diet, um, which he's, he's kind of, it's been several months now that he's, he's kind of settled into, but, but just last night he, uh, we'd had some people over and I think he even just had too much fruit. So sad. Like I think he had, um, like a little bit of applesauce and then probably some grapes on top of that. So just something like that. He can have fruit, but too much. We, We don't quite know the numbers to regulate it fully, but if we, if we mostly stay on the diet, um, that we know he'll be stable, but if if he gets something he shouldn't, or if too much of something, even that he could normally have, he'll be like hurt, hurt you know, mm-hmm. hurled over and severe oh, yeah. pain. And it's just as a mom, it's so sad. It's and you you yes. wish you could take their pain yes. away. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so. I can completely relate. My my husband and my seven year old son both have celiac disease, mm-hmm. so we are completely gluten free as well. And um, so it's, you know, it's, it's a challenge to kind of navigate that as a mom. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. we just took our whole house gluten-free because that was the easiest thing to do for us since we had two people in our house and right. contamination and all of yes. that. But, oh, it's so hard. Like when, when he does get glutened, um, it's, it's pitiful because, you know, you want to take the pain away and there's nothing you can do for them. Absolutely nothing. Yes. It just has to work its way That's through right. their system. And, oh, it's so hard. And. Oh, so I can completely, completely relate. I, I understand what you're going through. I'm sorry you're having to, to walk through these challenges with him. It's, it's, uh, it's tough. I know. Yes, yeah. it is. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's so many listeners out there, too, that can relate to, oh, yeah. to this. There's so many people that, you know, have various, various things. And it's, yeah, it's one of those things you wish you could just choose. Like, I don't want to be one of these people who's dealing with this. And, right. but I now feel like I have great compassion for, you know, for others yes. too, who are walking, you know, a mm-hmm. path. And so it's, you know, for us, it's just kind of a waiting game. We don't know if this will be forever or, um, right. where he's, my son's a soccer player. And so we're, we're trying to encourage him with stories of other athletes who, you know, are, are sort of making these choices for themselves uh-huh. for health. And it's, that's really inspired him actually. He's like, okay, that's I'm going right. to be strong and I'm going to be healthy. And so there's just a small part of him at this point in the game where he's kind of identifying with 
like he sees how it, it can be good but when there's a birthday party with cake oh, it's yeah. a little hard oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we we take all of our own cup if we even go most right. of the time we don't even go but uh, if we go we yeah. take all of our own food and yep. all of that but, right. but you know that just goes to show the power of stories how stories yes. and can help you relate to somebody else and and right. get a vision for what it can be like and what it can look like and um, inspire him to to keep going and accept these challenges that he has that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are um, a while back. We did our first Q&A episode. So we're so grateful for all your questions. We had so many questions. We're able to do a second Q&A episode. So we're going to launch into that. Um, and thank you for all of those who have reached out to connect with us through our website, storyform.com, and through our Facebook page. We hope to continue to to have, a, you know, a question and answers there to have dialogue and conversation we're really hoping to to get um our community um conversing about books and living a story form life so we're excited for the future for more of that so please keep questions coming if you just want to throw questions out on facebook you know do you recommend this book should i get this from the library should i buy it anything like that um please please leave a comment about that so and we'd also, um, before we launch in, we'd also love for you to leave a review on iTunes for our podcast. And we'd love for more people to hear about it and listen. And so if you could leave us a star rating and write a review, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. So, yeah. okay, we're going to launch in to our first question. And um, we, we received a question uh, that says, what are some book recommendations for toddlers and preschoolers? And I know, Jamie, you've talked about board books before. I'd love to hear mm -hmm. what board books you would specifically recommend. Oh, wow. We have a lot of board books still. <laughs> my, yes. my boys are, are um, seven, five, and three. And um, they still, most of them, even even my oldest, Will, he will sometimes still sit down and, and look through a board book um, that he loved as a toddler. So we have lots of them. My favorites and, and I say my favorites. I'm going by what the boys loved the most. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but also my favorites. But yes. we loved every book by Margaret Wise Brown. Um, Good Night Moon, Big Red Barn. Um, I can't think of any of the others offhand. But we loved those. They are just so sweet and simple and just idyllic picture, pictures um, of like farm life and, you know, good night moon who uh, most people know that one, but right. you know, it's, it's just the picture of this child who's doing everything he can telling everything good night. So he doesn't have to go to sleep. You know, right. it's just, it's precious. Um, they also loved books by Eric illustrated by Eric Carl, mm -hmm. um, like um, Brown Bear, Brown Bear, which I think is actually written by Bill Martin, if I remember yes, correctly, and just right. illustrated by Eric Carl. Mm -hmm. um, the Very Hungry Caterpillar. Um, is it The Very Busy Spider? I right. think that was yep. another one. Mm -hmm. Anything by Eric Carl. He had just such beautiful, um, um, I think they're actually tissue paper illustrations. Like I think he, oh. he actually creates them. And maybe it's watercolor. I may be wrong, but to me, they look like tissue paper. But um, anyway, they're, they're beautiful illustrations. They're just brightly colored and... Um, just the cadence of the the um, text that Bill Martin writes, like with Brown Bear, Brown Bear. My boys mm -hmm. can still recite that, and they yes. love it. And <gasps> you know, we can we talked about animal sounds and different things like that with those. Um, let's see what else um, they loved. Um, let's see, um, Chicka Chicka Boom Boom, which is also Bill Martin Jr. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar yes. with him. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we have Chicka that Chicka one. Boom Boom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Let's see. They loved Lift the Flap books. 
when they were really oh, little yes. about one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Their favorite was um, Dear Zoo. Um, okay. And I'm trying to think. That one's by, I think it's Rod Campbell, if I remember correctly. But that was their favorite Lift the Flat book was Dear Zoo. And then, of course, anything by Sandra Boyden. Um, my boys mm, yeah. loved Sandra yes. Boyton. Um, the Going to Bed book, Barnyard Dance, Mooba, La La La. Those mm-hmm. were their favorites. And they loved all of those. The Belly Button book, um, Hippos Go Berserk. <laughs> we mm-hmm. had so many Sandra Boyton books. but Yes, I they, think um, everything you mentioned, we have too. So. That's so funny. <laughs> yes, I think everything. This yes. is a classic board book, yep. I guess. Yes, yes, yes. And, so, and, and I think in another podcast we um, we mentioned Goodnight Gorilla. <laughs> so that's right. Yeah, in our Goodnight Gorilla. That's again. right. Yes. In our podcast about illustrations. Yes, yes. yes. They loved that one. And um, oh, another one that just came to mind was the Spot books. Um, Spot the oh, dog. Yeah. Um, like where's Spot? And um, there are just a bunch of series, and those are also lift the flap books. So okay. um, Spot the little puppy is always getting into some sort of mess or trouble or investigating. He's curious, and he's you know always um, off doing something, and so you have to lift the flap to find what Spot is up to. You know, so mm-hmm. those are really cute. I think um, who wrote that? Eric Hill. I think it's the author. Yeah, I think I remember that one. Mm -hmm. They loved those. So anyway, I'll stop talking about board books because there, (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) there are other books we can recommend for younger children besides board books. But those are my favorite board books. That's the the only one that I would add to that. That yeah, we have all these. Like I said, is um, Go Dog Go. (laughs) Oh yes, yes, that was one that we read over and over again to every child. (laughs) So yeah, probably pretty much have that one memorized. So and then we advanced to the the I can read version of it. So we got many years out of Go Dog Go. So sweet one. So, well, I'll just recommend, um, so we, so the question was about for toddlers and preschoolers. And so, I mean, you know, both of these ages, you could be reading board books and picture books. Um, So a few, oh, so hard with, but if I could kind of give around maybe like my 10, around my 10 favorite picture books so hard to narrow, but I'll just try to name a few. And some of them we have mentioned on previous podcasts, but um, one would be Blueberries for Sale. That's mm-hmm. probably one of our top ones. Yes. And um, and then uh, Make Way for Ducklings, mm-hmm. which, um, oh my goodness, I'm blanking. Who's the author, Jamie? I'm Robert blanking. McCloskey. Robert McCloskey, yes. So both yes. of those by Robert McCloskey. And then Miss um, Rumpheus, which we've also mm-hmm. mentioned her um, – her story about making the world more beautiful. That's one of my, my personal very favorites. And my girls, yes, I think, too. were very drawn to that. And and as usual, everything that we're listening will put in the show notes. So if you forget, like, oh, what was that name or that author? Um, we'll have that in the show notes. And Miss Rumpheus is by Barbara Cooney, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then Roxa Boxen is one that people yes. often associate. If they hear Miss Rumpheus, they might think about Roxa Boxen. And let's see, I think Barbara Cooney illustrated that one. Is that correct? I, and Alice... Uh, um, Alice McLaren, McLaren yes, wrote, wrote, wrote it and Robert Cooney illustrated that's it. That's right, right. Rock's the yes. So, and then um, my son has been a huge fan, in particular of Billy and Blaze, and that's a whole oh, yeah. series, but just a simple, sweet story about a boy and his horse. And um, my girls liked it too, but he specifically was drawn to it just by that—the love of Billy for his horse Blaze. And then um, another book that we've really loved. There's a, there's a bunch of books that in a collection by Kim Lewis um, mm-hmm. about farm life and. England but the one in particular you can find these in a collection or just we have also seen just the single book it's called floss 
Uh-huh. And it's about a sheepdog, um, kind of his story of navigating, you know, originally playing with children and then his life sort of becoming a dog who rounds up sheep and um, just a really sweet story surrounding that sort of you almost see like the tension within this this dog's life and between his right. love of family and work and kind of how that's navigated. So have you heard of that one, Jamie? I, I've heard of Floss. We don't okay. have that one, but we do yeah. have, um, oh, what is it called? First Snow. First and it's snow. about okay. yeah, and it's about well the first snowfall of the mm-hmm. season and mm-hmm. of this mom and the child they're out on a walk and the snow begins to fall and they get back and I think they discover it's been a it's been a couple of years since I've read this one mm-hmm. um, but they discover that the child left their teddy bear out ah. in in the field and so they have to go back and get it but anyway it's beautiful like it's just so calming and mm-hmm. I, I just love her illustrations okay and, so this is by Kim the, Lewis as well yes the first snow. Yes. okay perfect. Yes. We'll yeah. link to that. Okay. So anything by, by Kim Lewis is great. Yeah, yes. I agree with you. Yes. yes. And then probably many of, of you have heard of Corduroy, just mm-hmm. a sweet story about a girl um, picking Corduroy up from the store who's not perfect, but um, her journey of sort of keeping him. Right. And um, and that's by Don Freeman. And The Bear Who Heard Crying by Natalie Kinsey Warnock has been a favorite around here. Mm-hmm. It's, some of these for us are like, losing pages by my right. fourth child. So I'm kind of like, I want to buy a new one, but maybe I'll find one somewhere. Um, but that's one that we've read so many times that some of my kids have at least some or a lot of the book memorized. And I think I do too right. from reading it so many times. Um, and then one of my personal favorites and one of my girls is My Mama Had a Dancing Heart by right. Libba Moore Gray. It's mm-hmm. a very lyrical, whimsical kind of poetry-like book about um, traveling through the seasons of life with a mother and daughter. So I really love that one. And love the it. illustrations are beautiful too. And then The Relatives Came by, mm-hmm. I believe, Cynthia Ryland. Cynthia Ryland. Okay. Yes. One of my all-time <clears throat> favorites. Yes. Yes. So just a sweet story about mm-hmm. relatives visiting their family and um, crossing across, you know, a lot of ground to get there and and the illustrations are just pretty funny too. They're like hilarious. how they're like, yes. you know, sleeping and laying all over each other and just, just sort right. of the it's, ease of being with family and the yes. comfort and what the else do you think about and the it? Yeah. Yes, of, right. Of, of sharing life with family. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, it's wonderful. So, yeah, one of the things about the illustrations is it, it seems like some of the, the words about don't exactly lead you. It doesn't spell everything out for you, but you mm-hmm. see in the illustrations things that the author is sort of getting you to see. And so the right. kids sometimes pick up on some of those funny things. So right. I really like that yes. about that one too. So, okay. Well, as much as we could keep giving these yes. recommendations, we'll move on <laughs> to the next question. So the next question comes from um, a mom of an 18 month old and she's asking, she's saying, I have a mom or as a mom of an active 18 month old boy with a fairly short attention span. I want to plant seeds to help him grow and his love for books, but he tends to want me to read the same books over and over. When I try to introduce new books, he quickly loses interest. He seems to gravitate toward books with photos of kids or babies as opposed to illustrations, which are harder to find. He does look, he, he does love my good night book by Eloise Wilkin. Should I try to stretch him? Are there more books like that? Or should I, or is it okay to just keep reading books? over and over again. Um, I I love that book, My Good Night Book by Eloise mm-hmm. Wilkin. And, and I think we've recommended on previous podcasts, her books in general have just sweet yes. stories of family and childhood. And so 
Uh, yeah, my, my, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Jamie. I was, no, I was just going to say, my youngest wanted me to read Baby Listens by Eloise Wilkin yes. over and over and over again for, for months. I mean, yeah. it was months and months. We read that book like <laughs> 10 times a day. Yes. And I mean, they're just, they're so lovely. They have just the simple innocence about childhood that's mm-hmm. just so charming and, and nostalgic. And I just, I love how the illustrations remind you of, of like childhood in a time gone by, you know, and it, yes. it's reading them almost makes me feel like I can recapture that for my children, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I love them. So yeah, I would say there's nothing wrong. You know, it's, it's oftentimes a stage and, you know, it's an appropriate right. developmental stage for an 18 month old to want to keep, or, you know, even toddlers to keep wanting to read, you know, a book like that over and mm-hmm. over again. And so, you know, maybe I'm wondering if, um, this, the eight, your 18-month-old boy would like other things, like you mentioned, by Eloise Wilkin, if he's specifically drawn to that, you know, to those. And then I also think there is room to try to stretch him a bit. So, you, you know, as long, you know, right along with reading Goodnight Book over and over again, which is completely wonderful, maybe you could try something, you know, maybe one of these other picture books that we're talking about and, uh, just planting seeds. And you, I, I think I've done that before where I think, oh, they're completely not interested. They're playing other things. They don't like this book. When men, you know, my daughter will just crawl up on my lap all of a sudden. Interested. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it just takes stretching them a little bit and, and just seeing if they'll kind of gravitate to it eventually. Right. What have yeah. you What have you done, Jamie? I, I agree. Well, as, if I really wanted to stretch them and, and get them out of a particular book, I would just kind of hide that book for a day or two <laughs> right. and yes. let them go pick, you know, go pick a book, go pick That's a book right. for yourself. And they yes. would look, you know, he would look for it for a minute, then he couldn't right. find it, so he grabbed something else. Right. Finally, you know, I yes. have done that before, I confess. But yes. I, I also think there are benefits, like you said, to reading to your kids um, that – you know, she mentioned, you know, how do I, how do I get him to, you know, I want him to love books. And I think there, mm-hmm. that's great. We, we obviously want our children to love books, but I think there are benefits to reading that aren't strictly um, related to creating a love of books. Like every time she takes him into, into her lap to read that book one more time, mm-hmm. um, she's bonding with him and, and she's creating a sense of security and comfort for him that will that's going to matter in his long-term development so it's not just you know developing in the brain the repetition and things like that although that matters but it's it's developed it's emotionally developmentally um, important for him like that bonding in in that security that he feels every time she reads that book and you know every time she reads it again and again. He looks at that baby over and over and over again. You know, he gains awareness of the world around him. His brain is growing as he learns to predict what's coming. You know, like that's how they begin right. to predict. You know, and and he's exercising his memory, and so that helps him to grow in confidence and understanding in multiple ways. But you know, creating a story form child. You know, we talk about that a lot. It, it's not just about creating a love of books and stories, but it's about how the act of sharing books and stories with your child and, and reading to them, it forms them in multiple ways, you know, and in, including their brain development, but also insecurity in their family bonds and things like that. And I think all of it matters. So just keep reading it and, and, and stretching, but, but do both. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, you know, that 
the mom who's asking this, I think this is her only child. And right. so I, I think sometimes it's hard to know, like, will this end? Like, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> he's loving this, but, you know, I love it sometimes. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to read this book one more time, but I, I bet that it will end at some point. And then you'll look back and think, oh, wasn't that a sweet time of his childhood when I yes. read this over I, and over to him? <laughs> I go through, as I'm reshelving all of these old board books that they sometimes still drag out that are falling apart, that are duct taped back together, you know, mm. all of that, I, I, I get teary-eyed. I mean, it really hits me in my heart when I see, you know, these board books that we read yes. over and over and over and over again. I don't think I'll ever get rid of them because of the memories that were created from, from that experience with them. Yes. Yeah. No, I've had the exact same thought. We just reorganized our bookshelf and I'm not sure how long it'll stay that way, but temporarily <laughs> it looks semi-good. Right. <laughs> but I have that stack of board books that's there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like... I can only see half the title, you know, right. in front of them. And I have had the thought, like, should I just throw these away? But right. but I just can't even, can't. you know, or I think right. I thought, should I replace it? But there's right. just something about remembering all that they've mm-hmm. been through and, you know, in the right. different kids' lives that – so just be encouraged yeah. that um, – that the season won't be forever and that they're right. gaining so much from it, as Jamie said. And I, I think you'll look back with fond memories. Right. Over it. Absolutely. So. Okay. So our, another question comes from a mom of three girls um, from a range of ages um, from high school down to elementary. And she's asking, should I, should I only read books? I think this is for her younger daughter. Should I only read books to encourage my child to read better? For example, if my child can read a Dr. Seuss book, should I, should I only read her books at that level? So basically, you know, just only exposing her to books at the same level that she can read. Um, So we're kind of talking about kind of what, you know, what, what level here, thinking about comprehension. Um, what do you think, Jamie? I I personally don't pay very much attention to the reading level of a book that I'm reading aloud as much as I look at its appropriateness for my boys' ages. Mm-hmm. And and by that, I mean like content, like themes, relationships, conflict, like what kind of what kind of thing are they going to be exposed to in this book? Mm-hmm. Um, is it edifying for them at their ages? You know, is there anything that's going to rob them of their innocence in this book? Or, or is there anything beyond their ability to comprehend um, the, the, the content of the book? Um, and of course, you know, vocabulary does matter. If it's just too far beyond their level mm-hmm. of comprehension, then I'm not going to read it. Mm-hmm. But I, I also think it's okay if they don't understand every single word. I, I want to read a little bit uh, above their, their reading level um, because that's how they, they learn. You know, my, my son will frequently, when we're doing a read aloud, he'll stop me and ask, you know, mommy, what does that mean mm-hmm. when he doesn't know a word? And then, yes. and then he'll proceed to use that word multiple times <laughs> over the course of the next week just yes. to make sure he got it, you know. Yes. Um, which is really cute. But I also think that you can also read below a child's reading level because mm-hmm. you mentioned she had high schoolers. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you have older kids or teenagers with more extensive vocabularies, they can still enjoy a rollicking good story that's meant to be read by a younger reader, you know, if mm-hmm. it's a good story. That's so right. I think the content and the quality of the story is, is more important necessarily than paying very strict attention to their reading level, if that makes any sense at all. Yes, definitely. And I think on your note about, you know, uh, a high schooler even listening to something that would, <laughs> might might be particularly more for a middle schooler or something, um, 
they're going to pick up on themes and make connections that a younger child may not make or, right. you know, or something that maybe, you know, middle schoolers, I think about it for my own kids, like my daughter, my oldest daughter's 12, and she really still enjoys the fact, you know, I might be uh, focusing in on reading a picture book to my younger mm-hmm. two, four and seven, but I think she's still, she, I can see her kind of getting closer and listening in and she still really enjoys it too, whether it's, you know, something meaningful to her or connections that she's making now, or just a memory of the story from the past that's really right. endearing to her. And so. I, I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. I still enjoy a good picture book. I right. Do. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Me too. I do. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, I resonate with what you're talking about, about, I think it's your four-year-old, but my daughter does the same thing. Just last night we were reading, um, a picture book that I think it was, um, a new coat for Anna. Uh-huh. My yes. da- she, so, and back to a previous question from, uh, I think a previous podcast about re or no, this podcast about reading over and over again, that's, she's yes. wanting to read that book over and over and again, but I love that book actually. So, yes, um, right. I'm, I'm wanting, but she, I'm trying to, re- I can't remember what word she exactly asked me what it was, but I've been kind of honing in on that too. That she'll stop me and say, what does that word mean? And then she'll say, okay, she'll nod her head. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I got it. And then we'll move mm-hmm. on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, um, and just to, to this question a little bit, just about uh, some research that I've read has, has really shown that a child, specifically what I've read about a child who's maybe just at, at any amount of, of a reading level, that they can really comprehend about two reading levels ahead of where they could read themselves. So, you know, back right. to the question about reading, a, you know, if a child is, say, a six-year-old is reading Dr. Seuss, that if you're reading, you know, more advanced chapter books, they may not understand you know, s- some of the language, but picking up enough to probably get some of the story. So you're stretching mm-hmm. them and their language and their comprehension and ideas, that kind of thing. Um, and like right. my, my four-year-old, uh, she'd had read to her um, Charlotte's Web this year. Mm-hmm. And so she was able to, you know, tell me, tell me what it was, a you know, not everything. She left out a lot, but she generally got the idea and, you know, about the web and what was, you know, being said and the storyline. And so I think sometimes right. we maybe don't give younger kids enough credit for what right. they can understand. And mm-hmm. and I think I probably didn't understand this as much when I had my first child and didn't um, expose her to as much. But now now that my oldest is 12, now just by nature of what we're doing in our home and what's being, you know, on an audiobook or what we're reading aloud, um, my four-year-old is hearing all these things. And so it's amazing what she's picking up just by the nature of hearing it. And being right. around it. So Right. Yeah. I think yeah. they can understand far earlier, you know, than than what they can read for themselves. But mm-hmm. at the same time though, when you were saying that, I was thinking also kind of the the flip side of that coin though, mm-hmm. is that, you know, I, I also we want to read a little bit ahead of their reading level, but at the right. same time I want to caution, you know, parents not to read too far ahead. Mm-hmm. I think I see that a lot. Hmm. Um, you know, we want so much to expose our children to wonderful books. And sometimes we can be over eager to get some particular books into their hands right. and so before they're ready for them. And so true. there there is so much like good quality children's literature mm-hmm. out there. In other words, you know, read your seven year old Narnia and not War and Peace or an abridged version of, of a classic. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. like, this, may, um, this may be controversial. I might be like getting into something I shouldn't. But no. I'm definitely <laughs> in the camp that you want to wait until they can read the actual book in its original unabridged mm-hmm. version themselves. 
Um, there's just so much to read at their at their level or right up above right. their level mm-hmm. that we'll never get around to. So so let them exhaustively read E. Nesbitt and Kate DeMillo and Kate Sarity and E.B. White and all of that wonderful, delightful children's literature instead mm-hmm. of an abridged version of Les Mis or mm-hmm. Dickens, for example, when they're younger, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, there's kind of two sides to that coin. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I've kind of been trying to walk that line with my older child, even thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, certain books where I know she could probably comprehend, but it's like what you've said. There's so much else that um, this is sort of the time to take um, to to take advantage of all that's there that's um, wonderful, you know, children's books that we don't need not get ahead of ourselves. There will be time. There will be opportunity for some of those. So just because she can, like, actually read it doesn't mean that she should at this stage. Yeah, and I think what I meant more, like, is more like I see, like, an abridged – um, like Jane you know, Eyre, adapted or, version of Jane Eyre, or, or even something yeah. like an adapted version of Tom Sawyer. Well, it won't be very long before they can actually read Tom Sawyer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so wait until they can read Tom Sawyer and let them read the the Railway Children instead. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, anyway, that, yeah. But I, I know there are lots of people who who are in favor of abridgments and all of that, and that that's fine. I just I'm in the camp that there's so much good children's lit out there. Like get that in their hands first, and then right. then move on to the classics when when they're at the appropriate level for reading them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. Okay, so our next question is. Um, should I read a story and leave it at that? So just reading it, or should I discuss it with my children? Should I ask them questions about it, um, or ask them to tell me the story back? Like, are, are all these good? Should I only be doing parts of these? Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think as a parent, we tend to think, oh, I've got to do all these things at once, or if, if I want to have the best experience. But I really think there's something um, really good and uh, beautiful, and there's so much truth that can be gleaned from a child just by reading a story and leaving it at that. Absolutely, and yes. not that it always has to be that way, um, but I think a child will, you know, they will can make some connections, you know, when they're younger and continue to make connections just depending on where they're at with their development. And a child will take, you know, from that story, what, what they can't, what they need to maybe for that time. Right. And then what they need to take from it at a different later time will be different. Uh, right. But I think as parents, we're so tempted to, to jump in and make connections for them. Like, Oh, do you realize that this character is a, you know, this, here's the metaphor or here's, right. um, right. here's, you know, we're reading Aesop's fables and we're like, okay, did you see what that, the moral of the story is? Or we so badly want them to see, uh, you know, the, the morality to something or see, like, these are the good character traits you should be seeing from this story. But right, often, right. I think when we make the connections for them, it's, it doesn't, it's not actually sinking in for them. It's, they're not actually owning it, um, that, you know, that, uh, idea or that, that, uh, moral character trait or, or whatever it is that we want them to glean from the story that, that they will, if we just sort of let them be sometimes, I think that they will make those connections on their own. We really want them to because we want them to to own those ideas, you know, just like anything in life. And we're constantly telling our kids, you know, what, uh, you know, the Bible says this and the Bible says that and, you know, you should do this and you should do that. If they're not really owning it, it's, it's not as likely that they will own it when they leave our home. Right. So I just think we should you know, refrain from moralizing, drawing mm-hmm. the conclusions for them, the giving them, right. giving them the space and the time in their growth and development to, 
to do that on their own. Yes, yeah. I I emphatically agree. <laughs> That's what I, I emphatically agree. I think yes, I think so. I mean, it, it, children are smart. They they will get the moral for themselves, and mm-hmm. so you know, by all means, read a sop to them, but don't yes. read the moral. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every right. book prints it at the bottom. They of it. Do, don't yeah, read that's it. right. Just ignore it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. I completely agree with you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We. Yeah. I think just. Yeah. I, we, we want to teach them to think and not just give them the answers. Right. So Right. Exactly. Yes. 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 So, but yeah, that's a growing edge for most of us parents, I think. It is. So like, <laughs> what? All I do is read it and that's it. But no. Especially we, if there are specific issues that you know you're working on with your child. Right. You're so tempted to say, here, read this book and let's talk about it. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. So, right. Yeah. And I think. Uh, but anyway. To. Um, just to add one more note to that question, just about asking not that it's, I think that's, you know, certain circumstances allow for just letting it be, but not that it, we can't ask questions or ask right, them just depending right. on the situation we can, you know, we, if we do ask some questions, it might be a question like, um, you know, do you think the main character should have done that or, or tell me right. about the story and tell, you know, what are, uh, you know, within the summary, like what, what stood out to you or, you know, just different ways to kind of get them to process with you. And I think right. they, if they can, I mean, it, it's going to sink in more and they're really going to learn the most, uh, if they really can articulate it in some way, if they're processing right. with you or writing about it or something. But right. I think just situationally, we can kind of try to discern what's best right. for that. Well, so. I, you know, as a homeschool mom, we, we do a lot of we do a lot of read alouds just for as a family, just to be reading books. But Mm -hmm. I I also homeschool and we read aloud a lot because my children are small. um, So that's part of how we homeschool. Mm -hmm. So in those instances, I I do ask them to narrate back. I ask Mm -hmm. my my oldest to kind of tell me, tell me about the story and have him narrate it back to me because then I know he's understanding it. And Mm -hmm. so I won't ask him, you know, the moral of the story mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I do want to make sure that he comprehended the story, right. you know, what we were mm-hmm. talking about. So yes. that's a little different thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are times when I think it's appropriate. When Tell me about the story. Mm-hmm. You know, I do want him to narrate back what he heard so that he has something to turn over in his mind, um, you know, as he's falling asleep that night, you know, mm-hmm. should, you know, should he have done that or should he, you know, he, he, has the story in his mind. If he didn't hear it in the first place, then he has nothing to ponder, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, sometimes narration is okay as well. So that's great. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we have our next question is from a mom and her, she has four kids and they're ranging from eight to 16. And she has a, um, she, she has three girls and a boy. So her, um, she has a daughter who's eight, a daughter who's 10, a daughter who's 13. And her oldest is a boy who's uh, 16. And so she had a couple of questions. Um, one of them is, uh, she was describing how she's struggling with keeping up with pre-reading books for all four of her kids, which makes complete <laughs> <Yes>. sense. <laughs> Does, yes. Yes, I, I understand that. Um, and especially as they've gotten older with one and one teen in particular who's a voracious reader. So her question is, is there a quick and easy resource for looking up quality books that gives a description and gives content of the book and also may mention things to be aware of as a parent, like romance or swearing or violence or, you know, notes just to kind of help a parent know mm-hmm. what what's some of the things that they, you, if you're going to read it, you might want to be aware of or just to be aware of. So, um, and so we have a, I think between Jamie and I, we have quite a few recommendations of where we would direct people. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <for> this. <laughs> right. Um, and so 
as usual, some of these you've probably heard um, in previous podcasts or we've written some about it. But um, a book that I have, a couple books, and we've mentioned these before, that we've used to kind of help direct us for our family and reading would be Honey for a Child's Heart by Gladys Hunt. And then a newer one for me as I'm about to get into the teen years is Honey for a Teen's Heart. So I'm just really getting into kind of, you know, looking through that, looking how it's categorized. But for our listeners who are wondering, okay, is this worth buying this? Um, you know, you do me- we've mentioned this a lot, but I'll just kind of give you the some of the areas, you know, what kind of things that you would be getting, inf- you know, what books you, categories you'd be getting information on. So, so Gladys Hunt talks that she gives ideas for first books. So like kind of zero to three. So toddler books, board books, um, another chapter on picture books, beginning readers, classic novels for around ages nine to 12 stories for animal lovers, historical novels, fantasy novels, and young adult novels, 12 to 14. So she, that's how she category or she breaks down the book's book by chapters and then she'll give the book and the author give just a short description of it and might even say you know, here's some books other books by the same author um are there is there anything else that stands out to you about honey for a child's heart jamie uh, no just that it's wonderful okay <laughs> <laughs> yes just, so, it's just such a valuable yes, resource for that is. kind of thing if you're wanting to know if it's a good quality book you know mm-hmm. she has so it's not exhaustive but she has mm-hmm. so much in there so yes absolutely yes and then in Honey for a Teen's Heart, which I mentioned I'm just getting into, but the the chapters divide just a little bit differently. So in this one, um, there's a chapter called Adventure and Suspense, then Contemporary Works, Fantasy, Historical, Mystery, Nonfiction, Science Fiction, and Sports. And I was just looking through it a little bit today, and I thought, oh, the sports section having um, – a soccer player who's, mm, yeah. li- who's little, yeah. but just even thinking, I- I'm not a- as aware of, you know, books. Written. So there's like a couple biographies for teens written about athletes and their journey um, in sports. And another thing that I like that Gladys Hunt does in this particular one, Honey for a Teen's Heart, is that she will say, um, she'll give uh, letters, like for, she'll put ET for early teen by her recommendation. So, and then MT oh. for middle teen and LT for late teen, or she'll put mm-hmm. a double A for all ages. So I thought that was a really helpful distinctive. And as me having a 12 year old going at a 13 year old thinking, okay, I'm going to kind of, for my child age, I'm going to hone in on the early teen and, right. um, you know, for the mom who's got a 16, 15, 16, 17, she might be honing in on some of those, you know, middle to later teen books that might have, right. a, you know, a little bit more of a mature theme. Things yeah, like that. I think that's important because there's such a, a huge difference developmentally bef- between like a 13-year-old and a 17-year-old. And exactly. so that's that's great that she does that. I don't have that one yet because my mm-hmm. boys are so young, but that's mm-hmm. definitely one I will be investing in mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. And she will, not in every uh, recommendation, but particularly in this one I did, she will make some notes that say, you know, here's something like to the question of kind of knowing, you know, things to be aware of that I might mm-hmm. want to be – that as a parent, I might want to know or think through, like, can my child handle, you know, do I want them thinking about romance now? Or can they handle this sort of violence in a World War II book? Or, right. you know, so she she doesn't do it for everyone, but I, I appreciate some of those. She does make comments on some of them, things to be aware right. of. So, And then, as always, we always recommend um, Sarah Clarkson's book, Read for the mm-hmm. Heart, too. Yes. And Sarah um, began Story Formed, so we, you know, we're very familiar with and love all of her recommendations. And she categorizes in, in a similar way, and she's really talking about her 
the stories that her parents, Clay and Sally, read to her and the things that they grew to love. And she has lists in there of like their favorite family read-alouds and her favorite audiobooks, favorite historical fiction, um, even nonfiction. She goes, you know, favorite mm-hmm. books to learn about uh, drawing and you know, science, nature, and, yes, nature, nature, and things yeah, like that, right? all kinds of things. So, anyway, that's a great one. And then we yeah, also, yeah, go ahead, go, Jamie. I was gonna say she's also really good about putting those cautions in there as well. If there's mm-hmm. something that that might be concerning for any reason, she puts an, a cautionary note um, just so that the parent can be aware. I think she does a great job of that as well. Mm-hmm, definitely, yeah. yes. And we also just want to make a comment that. For our, for storyformed.com, our website, we are working on adding more book lists with particular, uh, you know, categorizing them in specific ways. So if you go there now, you'll see at the top of our website, you'll see the books tab. And then if you click under that, you'll find book lists. And so we're really just getting going with this. And Sarah Clarkson has done some. Uh, previously, she's done one books for boys, junior high boys, books for middle school girls, World War II books for children, fantasy books for teens, and 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 J- Jamie and I are working on building these lists. So we're hoping to, you know, get get more specific lists for picture books or for a particular historical time period. So um, right. we just wanted you to know we're working on building those and see the importance of it. And it, it is great when you're like, I really want, you know, particular books on this subjects subject. We'd love to be able to, you know, have those lists and recommend them for the future. Yeah, absolutely. And we also, you know, we really want to build a a story formed community. You know, we want to be a resource for you, not just on our site, but just as a community. So, you know, if you have questions about a particular book, you know, on Facebook, please feel free to ask that question. You know, we want to be able to share resources and and give feedback and things like that. So, you know, take advantage of that as well. because that's that's our vision is to have a full community where we can be talking about these things and sharing these wonderful resources and answering these questions for you and things like that. So mm-hmm. please, yes. Mm-hmm. And kind of to that question too of finding you know books about a specific time period, um, I think, or or just something specific in general. If our kids are picking up books, you know, about specific things that we don't know about, I think my first thought is that. Um, not that we don't want them to come to us with a lot of their own ideas, but I think what I want to encourage for my kid, or what I'm thinking through is like, how can I find the best books to put into their hands rather right. than it primarily being me responding to them? So if I can sort right. of get to it first, like, you know, here I I got 20 great books that were that I feel like are great books and that were recommended to me from various people that I trust. I'm, you know, I could give like a summer reading list or, a, you know, a fall list or something, I could give my child, you know, 10 books and they can pick from that. So I'm not taking their choice away, but I'm just being intentional and thinking ahead about things that I think that they, that are great or things that I think that they would enjoy. Um, and then also, I think asking them questions along the way, even if I think it is a good book, I, with my, especially with my oldest, I'll, I'll, I'll give her something that you know, often nowadays I can relate to the mom who's saying, I didn't have time to pre-read that, but right. asking her like, you know, how, what did, how did, you know, is there anything in that that you felt uncomfortable with or, you know, and just you know, talking to her about discernment and, you know, anything uh-huh. that she might feel uneasy about or, and it's been really wonderful and that there have been books where she said, I just think I need to put this down. This just isn't settling right with me. And sometimes that isn't necessarily a, oh, this is, this isn't good for any child, but there is this process of discerning what's, you know, right for your child in a certain phase. Right. I think as right. well. Absolutely. Yes. 
Definitely. Definitely. I agree with you. I think, you know, as parents, we want to do what what Charlotte Mason said. We want to spread a feast of good Mm -hmm. literature for our children. And so, you know, I am passionate about filling our home library with good quality books. And I know that if if my boys pull something off of the shelf at home, it's going to be something edifying and nourishing for them to read. And, you know, as a homeschool mom, of course, I'm, I'm only going to have them read the good stuff. Um, but I know that, that they're going to occasionally find something at the library or they'll hear about a book from a friend or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's going to happen. And so when it happens, I, I want to be able to tell them whether or not they can read it or whether or help them as they get older. At this point, I can still tell them whether or not they can read it. But right. as they get older, help them make that call as to whether or not they should read something. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so having those resources to kind of help you make that decision is is good. So, you know, like I said, part of our vision is for Storyform to be that kind of a resource for people. Um, but also just asking trusted friends who mm-hmm. you know are voracious readers and have good taste, um, asking them if they would recommend a book or if they've read it. Um, and then, you know, there's always good reads. You can go and at least see ratings and what other people have said about a book. Right. Um, you know, get some idea there as to whether or not, you know, because a lot of times people will make comments about the content of books mm-hmm. um, there. So that's, that's kind of, it's just a strict rating site. So you can, um, you know, find ratings there, but we are really hoping to fill the Storyform site to overflowing with recommendations yes. for you. So, yes. <laughs> so keep checking back because new content's going to go up all the time and, and don't be shy. Like I said, ask on the Facebook page. We want to, yes. to be able to be that resource for you. Yes. Like if you're, yeah, if you're thinking, oh, I'm going, you know, um, I have a friend who's, she's about to go on a trip to Boston with her kids. And she was just saying, you know, I'd love to, uh, you know, have my teenagers, especially be reading some books about the American Revolution and so things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Just, if, you know, if you eat something specific like that, like I really want to find some great historical fiction about the certain time period, please ask us or leave it, leave us right. a comment and, you know, we'll make recommendations, you know, other people in our community will make recommendations so we can you know be great to have those kind of dialogues going on all the time absolutely so well we're getting short on time so I'm going to throw out our last question here and this is about read aloud so how do you choose one read aloud for your whole family um, when your kids are at various levels and their understanding their comprehension vocabulary interests and considering the appropriateness so this is from um, a mom with uh, teens down to you know early elementary age so a very widespread um, and there's not enough time necessarily to do multiple read alouds with your younger ones with your older ones so how do we choose a read aloud for the whole family um, I think I would I mean I identify with this struggle a bit I imagine it being difficult to sort of match everyone's interests um, so one idea that I'm thinking about would be um, to maybe talk about some of your ideas for read aloud so whether it's something uh, like you know a farmer boy or something that would be more for a younger child or something like the hobbit that you think would be a little bit more geared to the older maybe you could have a family discussion and say okay we're you know we, we believe that a good book is a good book but mm-hmm. you know, we, we recognize that this might be a little bit more geared to our eight-year-old but um we believe that everybody in the family can get something out of this. We can connect over this. We can um, have great, you know, conversation and bonding through this. So, Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, I, I 
when I saw this question, what came to mind was C.S. Lewis's quote that mm-hmm. a children's story that can only be enjoyed by children is not a good children's story in the slightest. And, you know, it's like you said, a good book is a good book. And mm-hmm. so, you know, while we, you know, it's it's hard to kind of walk that line between what a 16-year-old is going to want to hear versus what an 8-year-old is going to hear, want to read. If it's a good book, it's going to be enjoyed by all. You know, I, I still love reading the Chronicles of Narnia. I still love, you mm-hmm. know, a Farmer Boy that you mentioned. And mm-hmm. so, you know, but, but one of the things, another thing that came to mind is, um, you know, if you have an older child who um, may have more interest, um, different interests than the rest of the family. Um, have them participate in the read-alouds as a family where you're reading something that's more family-friendly. But then also, you know, take some time, if you can, to read something specifically with that child. Now, it may not be a separate sitting down with that 16-year-old and reading aloud together, but, you know, have him read a book that you're also reading, and then you come back together and discuss it. I was... I was thinking about my husband. He travels a lot. So he's in the car a lot. And he's on planes a lot. And he listens to audiobooks a lot um, in order to pass that time. And I was just kind of trying to think down the road of, you know, when I have a, when my oldest is 16, you know, how fantastic it would be for Will to be reading a book and my husband to be reading a book. And then when he comes home, they come back together over coffee or over breakfast or something and they talk about that book together. And it just, you know, could create such a wonderful bonding time for, you know, a dad and, and an older child or a mom and an older child where they read separately, but then discuss it um, together. And, you know, like we talked about, story formed, is, it's not just about getting them to love to read and to love stories, but it's about, you know, forming them and connecting with them in their hearts. And so um, relationships are important. So taking that time, um, if it's po- at all possible, to to build those relationships in that way, I think that would be um, wonderful, wonderful solution to that problem. But mm-hmm. I love um, that idea, Jamie. I think that's great. Um, yeah, that you know, an older child could be part of the read aloud mm-hmm. if it works, depending on the schedule and things. But also right. have that those conversations. I think. I mean, yeah. it reminds me of my husband and I have been successful in seasons and unsuccessful in reading books together. Right. <laughs> but it yes. makes you think about that as a couple. That um, mm-hmm. you know, we've when we however much of it we end up reading together. Sometimes we have finished books together, but um, just the discussions that I I love processing what I'm reading with my husband. And so it's been really great when we've been able to, I feel like it's very bonding for us to be able to talk through what we're reading. So yeah, but there are books that, that can be enjoyed by the whole family, regardless of ages, you know, so focusing on some of those would be a great thing to do as well. Yes. Yes. So yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up by, um, We'll, we'll put a list um, in the show notes to some of our favorite read-alouds yeah. Yeah. Um, for all ages and adults. Um, so we'll just throw out a, you know, a few here. We'll probably put a little bit more of an extensive list um, in the show notes. But one that I thought, oh, and it's so hard to come up with a, a list like this, but we'll do our best to just throw out some really good ones. Um, a book that I actually just came to mind because my husband is reading it with my son right now. Now I think, oh, we all need to read this together. But he's reading... Um, a book about Father Brown and by uh, Nancy Brown, and um, it's and it actually is an abridged of a of a, a the actual Father Brown mysteries. But my husband, it just he feels like he's gotten kind of a the itch to read the actual Father Brown mysteries, which he's never read. Who was originally by G.K. Chesterton, but right. Um, 
my son is just really glued to this mystery. And so I think they're reading it together. But now I think, oh, this would be a great one for all of us. Because my, my husband's really yes. enjoying it. So yes, <laughs> he's absolutely. like, we and should all read this. Father <laughs> Brown is such an endearing character. And, and it, will, it will be a long time before he can read Chesterton himself. Yeah, I mean, true. you know, so. <laughs> that's true. So I think yes. it's okay for him to meet Father yes. Brown before. Before that. <laughs> before that. Right. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. Absolutely. Well, and. Last summer um, on a road trip, we uh, listened to through an audiobook, um, The Read Aloud, The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, which many of you have probably heard of. And then we're huge fans of the Harry Potter series and the Narnia series, all of which I think, I mean, all these books that I'm mentioning, my husband and I both enjoy just as much as the right. kids. So the hope would be that yeah. a small child, you know, up to an adult would enjoy the, enjoy it. Um and some others that we've that the kids and I have all enjoyed at various ages are the Christian Hero Tales by uh-huh. Jeff and Janet Benj, and I think just you know if, especially if even you know younger kids get into these stories, and older kids might may or may not be familiar with some of them, but we'll list a few in the show notes. One and there's one by you know about Brother Andrew or D.L. Moody or C.S. Lewis, Amy Carmichael. Mm-hmm. Um, all my kids have really liked those, and then just a couple others I I we've all really loved are. Um, Caddy Woodlawn by Carol uh-huh. Ryrie Brink right. and Cheaper by the Dozen by Frank yes. Gilbreth. Yes. Oh, that's one of my favorites. It's yes. so funny. It it's is such a great funny. read. It is yes. funny. Yeah, we've got – I need to, to make note of the narrator, but we listened to an audio version that just had a wonderful narrator that brought the humor to life. Oh, it's wonderful. Yes. It's so good. Yes. Well, my boys, of course, I've mentioned this, I think, on every podcast, I think, so far. <laughs> but their favorite was the Green Ember, um, the Green Ember series. So Green Ember, Ember Falls, Black Star of Kingston. They loved all those. Um, my husband and I loved the Wingfeather Saga by Andrew Peterson. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that would be a great read aloud for the whole family with a, with a small disclaimer. I think there are certain um, – it can get kind of um, scary in parts. And so maybe – upper elementary is where I would start and then go on up from there. But, um, I think it's, it's so wonderful, so beautifully redemptive. And I think it would be a wonderful read aloud. Um, I have actually not read this, but I have had so many people recommend the Wilder King trilogy by Jonathan Rogers. And I've, I just got, um, the bark of the bog owl, um, to start. So Mm -hmm. I, and I've heard so many people say they're wonderful, wonderful read alouds for the whole family. So I will read that one and then maybe we'll review it and let you know, but that's one I've, I've heard of. And, um, Mm My, one of my favorite books of all time is Little Men, and I think that one's mm-hmm. appropriate for the whole family, every age, because there's so much you can glean from it at different ages. Yes. Um, I think that's one of the great things about a really good family read-aloud is that it speaks to all the different levels. And so what my you know seven-year-old will get from Little Men um, is the fun story of the boys and their explorations, but then there's right. so much wisdom from Father Bear and Joe Bear that mm-hmm. you know older children will get and and. And, um, you know, just learning, there's just different, depending on their developmental level, they will get something different from it, um, depending on their ages. And so that's a great one. Um, Wind in the Willows, who doesn't like Wind in the Willows? I think Mm -hmm. that's a fun, a fun read aloud for most, most all ages. And, um, another one that I was thinking about was Dangerous Journey by Oliver Hunkin, which is, um, um. I, my, my mind just went completely. Pilgrim, Pilgrim's Progress. It's mm-hmm. oh, yes, telling right. of Pilgrim's Progress. But, you know, that's such a great one because it's 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 a um, retelling of that story. And, you know, 
depending on where their their different levels are spiritually, they're going to gain something different. So that can really open up a conversation in the family um, and spark really great discussions at all age levels. Um, so that would be one I think would be good for all ages. There's so many we can there, we can know. make a There's list. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we'll definitely keep talking about you know read alouds as we go on in future podcasts and, and writing about it as well. Right. And feel free to share with us on you know on our website or Facebook about any that you love as well. We'd love to hear from you about that. So. Well, we're going to we're going to wrap up and thank you so much for listening and we will share space together again soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed.